Hey friends, if you wish you weren't hearing an ad right now, then straight after you listen to this episode, head over to curiositystream.com slash not overthinking. For less than $15 a year, you get access to thousands of high quality documentaries on CuriosityStream, and you'll also get a special link to our podcast feed with all of the ads taken out. My name is Ali, I'm a doctor and YouTuber. I'm Taymor, I'm a data scientist and writer. And you're listening to Not Overthinking, the weekly podcast where we think about happiness, creativity, and the human condition. Hello, welcome back to Not Overthinking. Ali, how are you doing this week? Oh, mate, I'm doing fantastic, although I am in the middle of a working 12 days in a row stint. So just got back from work. It's 10 p.m. We're recording the pod. I've got a solid weekend of uh, clocking in new admissions on the psychiatry unit. What about you? You're living the good life, I hear. Nice. Always hustling, mate. Always hustling. Uh, Yes, I'm currently in Hawaii, which is partly why we didn't have a podcast episode last week. Sorry about that, everyone. Yeah, sorry, guys. I feel like we we could have probably had one. We just didn't make quite enough effort to make it happen. I think that's actually... I think that's probably accurate. Yeah, we could have probably made more effort. We will endeavor to do so because you're in Japan for the next few months, right? Uh, Next month or so, yeah. So we'll we'll have to definitely uh, do more remotes. Um, But yeah, Hawaii is great. Lovely weather. I think the thing that stood out to me about the place is that like, it feels like you're looking at the world with like the saturation turned up to max. Like all the colors are like ridiculous. Like the greens are greener than any any green I've seen. The, The blue of the sky and the blue of the sea is like ridiculously blue. Like the plants, you know, everything. It's just so saturated in color. Wait, I swear that was just Instagram filters when you were posting the... No, mate, I didn't put... That was hashtag no filter, mate. There was no filter on that. It's it's ridiculous. It's like it's like a different world. It's crazy. And we went we went snorkeling yesterday and we, we saw like a sea turtle. We were too scared to get too close. I think you're also not meant to get too close, but that was pretty sick. Anyway, enough about uh, enough about Hawaii. This week we have a very special guest. Uh, we are joined by Molly, Dr. Molly Hunt, who happens to be my housemate, who we have probably referenced several times on the podcast, with or without her consent. <laughs> and so... <laughs> <laughs> Molly, do you want to introduce yourself to the to the audience? Uh, yeah, hello, my name is Molly. I am Ali's friend, uh, although that's not what defines me. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm a junior doctor, also working in in Cambridge. Um, I live with Ali as his housemate, um, and uh, in my spare time, I run a food blog called Cambridge Foodie. Um, I do uh, lots of sport, including wheelchair racing, um, and I. Just generally uh like catching up with friends and eating <laughs> all right well we got all the plugs in uh so we don't really have anything left to plug uh, in in the podcast but we will link to all of your things in the show notes so guys if you're listening to this and you want to see a cambridge food blog go to cambridgefoodie.com and follow her on instagram and then you'll get really happy because you'll get more followers that was that was a really nice intro i feel like i suck at intros whenever i'm asked to introduce myself but that was actually sick <laughs> so uh, no, nice one molly so this week we are we're having a bit of a therapy session we can call it roommate therapy with me as the therapist um, and we're going to be digging into uh, Molly and Ali's sort of roommate relationship so let's let's start at the beginning where how how long have you guys sort of been living together uh well we've been living well we both went to the same college Emmanuel College at Cambridge University so we've known each other for the past just over seven years technically been living in the same halls for all that time but we didn't really get to know each other properly and live in the same house until fourth year um so that's about four years ago now that's right uh, and, okay. and uh, just to correct i thought we'd plugged everything but we actually didn't plug the cambridge thing so well done for doing that very early on <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we've been we've been living together sort of casually since 2015, and then we started living together exclusively <laughs> since 
uh, August 2018 when, when we both started our, our junior doctor careers. Okay, nice. So let's, I guess the, the, casually, the casual period where you're like living in halls with other people is probably not that interesting because like everyone, everyone's kind of done it. So I think that's, that's more of a familiar thing for a lot of people and you're sort of not forced to, yeah, you're, you're not forced to hang out with each other, right? Correct. Um, whereas Apart I think- Apart from the I think fact the, that he lived directly above me. So I was forced to listen to him all time, every day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, uh, I remember it, 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 it would it would often be a, a, like a, almost like a Saturday morning at half past seven in the morning where I'd get a text from Molly being fantastic rendition of Ed Sheeran there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his singing at all hours was particularly interesting, <laughs> especially because he hadn't had singing lessons at that point. Lovely. Uh, so let's let's go let's go to the start of when you guys actually started sharing this flat as adults, kind of working full time. Uh, how did you make the decision of sharing this place together? So uh, that was interesting because. Because there was this period of a few weeks where, where uh, at least I, I'll I'll tell the story from my perspective, where I knew that Molly was also going to be staying in Cambridge, and therefore I had in my head that it would be really cool if the two of us could live together. But I wanted to kind of broach the topic in a way that didn't make it seem <laughs> too uh, that didn't make it seem like I was too desperate for that to happen. Um, uh, even okay. even though I was pretty sort of gunning for it fairly early on. <laughs> pretty desperate for that. To yeah, pretty <laughs> pretty desperate. It's fair to say. I don't remember that period of time. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> I remember being concerned about living with Ali, uh, but not because it was Ali, but because it was just living with one other person. That was my worry because uh, okay. you often get told, oh, make sure you have a lot of people in case you fall out with that person or in case they're away all the time. Especially as doctors, we have a lot of um, strange shift patterns or one of us is on nights, the other person's on days. So that was my concern rather than the fact that it was Ali because we'd been living together casually for three years by then. <laughs> <laughs> ah, got it. Okay, so at some point, Ali popped the question. You don't seem to remember it. It seems like you you were on board and then you guys started sort of living together. Yeah, there was a period where we were browsing for houses and we'd go and view houses together and, and people would just assume we were a couple, um, which actually worked ah. out really well because um, but this house that we ended up in, uh, we, we um, negotiate some, uh, negotiated some deal whereby they would pay both of our final month worth of rent in university essentially they would knock that off the price of the house if we completed the contract a month early so yeah oh, okay yeah that was quite fun doing house viewings together i felt very grown up <laughs> yeah that must have been interesting was there how did you like accommodate for each other's preferences when viewing these houses uh well i guess that i knew that ali wanted to live with me and so <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah so but there were some things there were some things that were just no goes for me so like there was one place where the parking was a real issue and we could only have one car parked there um and i knew that we were both going to need cars and that was going to be a make or break for me so i wouldn't have lived with you had you gone for that house so i guess we both had things that we both needed but if we were going to live together both of us would have to be happy with it wouldn't we so yeah so i think my main priority was living with you whereas yours was fine getting it was getting parking <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> ali, ali why why were you so keen to live with molly um because molly's a very easy person to get on with having lived with her casually for three years and i also knew that we had a lot of shared friends and 
knew that she was chill enough to so, so as not so uh, essentially the scenario I wanted to avoid was living with a randomer who would be keen on like labeling the milk and labeling the Diet Coke cans to see who's you know which Diet Coke <laughs> can is whose that sort of thing which has never ever happened with Molly yeah we've never had an argument <laughs> about Diet Coke <laughs> and I'm fairly chill and easy okay. about most things so like I really didn't have, have a strong preference about the house I just wanted it to be kind of nice uh, but I knew that the human factor would be the primary thing contributing to the house related happiness okay interesting so back when I shared a room with my friend Arthur for two years during university um, I found that it sort of changed the dynamic of our sort of friendship a little bit and it, it, it didn't it didn't feel like the word friend really covered all aspects of our relationship you know like I, I found that sort of when living with someone yeah it kind of it kind of changes the friendship do you, do you know what I mean like ha- have you guys experienced any of that <laughs> who's answering this question go for it <laughs> You can start, Molly. Um, yeah, I so I think I've talked to you, Tame, about this before, where yeah. it's it's almost like you're in a relationship but not in a relationship with that person because you are in a living situation where you have to suddenly organise your timetable around them or like tell them if you're gonna be there for dinner or um <laughs> And because you're living in such close proximity, you have to have conversations about what's in the fridge or who's doing, taking the bins out or who's... Um, or it, who's doing what around the house and you don't have any of those conversations with your friends who you don't live with so there is a new dynamic to our friendship I would say um, and yeah I, I would say it's difficult because you have to you know you have all these other friends and you, you can't say you're closer to someone than your other friends but you have a different dynamic definitely yeah I, the, the thing you said about having to sort of organise your schedules around each other and having to let the other person know if you'll be home for dinner. That that seemed interesting because from what I've gathered from my friends who kind of live with random people, you know, just sharing a house together with someone that they found on like Gumtree or Craigslist or whatever, it doesn't seem like they actually have that. It seems like the two people, you know, if you're living with a randomer, you are broadly living separate lives. Maybe you'll be in the living room at the same time and maybe you'll have a conversation at some point. But I don't get the impression that, you know, they sort of, most people kind of wait up for each other for dinner and, and things like that. Um, but is, it, would you do that with a randomer or is, is it just because you're already friends that it's kind of nice to do that yeah so i think for us it's 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 sort of a hybrid like it's not that we mm. keep each other you know it's it's not that i've created uh an iMessage shortcuts that anytime i activate google maps on my phone and set home it sends a message to molly saying honey i'll be home in 45 minutes which which some people do when they're actually in proper relationships and married or so i've heard um it's more that because we go to the same gym and occasionally order the same takeaway it, it would be a oh are you coming home tonight and a general sort of expectation of do i sort of working out whether i'm just going to go to bed early or whether I'll sort of, you know, stay up. And f- from from my perspective, it's where if, if I know Molly's going to be coming home after a certain period away, I'll try and do my best to clean the house. Uh, <laughs> so it tends to be more the logistics that lead to that sort of um, to and fro about who's going to be home at what time. Yeah, and I okay, would say so n- that we not- both have very, uh, we still both have very separate social lives. And often uh, I won't know that Ali's gone away for the weekend or something. And he won't know that I've got away for the weekend. So we don't, we definitely don't, sit there and do calendars every month kind of thing but if we know vaguely (laughs) that someone was around we'll be checking what their shifts are seeing if we match up whether we'll be able to catch up in the evening that kind of thing got it yeah yeah. you don't have a shared scrapbook i see um so how do you guys hang out socially sort of yourselves now i mean presumably back at university you know you got part of the same friendship friendship group whatever so you like actively hang out with each other socially i found that when i was sharing a room with arthur for two years we 
never really actively hung out together at that point. We'd like exist together in the same space. We, you know, we waste a lot of time together in our in our study and we spend a lot of time together, but we never like actively do anything together. Wait, so what do you mean um, by actively do anything? We, As in like go out to dinner or, like, or what? Uh, yeah, I guess like go out to dinner or like do an activity or be like, hey, wanna like hang out <laughs> and just like do nothing, you know? <laughs> um, so like, do you, are you spending more time together than before? I don't know. I think our, rela- our relationship is, seem- is, is fairly similar to that roommate relationship that you seem to have had with Arthur in that it's like often in the evenings we coexist in the same space um, and we'll occasionally chat about something or if something interesting happened at work that day we'll talk about it but in general it's sort of coexistence in the same space and only occasionally do we be able to I, I, I think it's only been a handful of times where we've actively gone to a restaurant together just the two of us um, yeah we don't do date night no <laughs> okay right <laughs> okay so how if you can both imagine that you weren't living with each other are you with you know someone you're already good friends with and you were sort of living with a random person how do you think yeah well, what do you think is better about your lives living with a friend rather than a, a randomer okay so I think living with a randomer I feel like I would be more compelled to make conversation oh. whereby the silences wouldn't necessarily be that comfortable <laughs> referencing episode like 13 or whatever it was that we discussed what makes an awkward silence um, I think with a randomer I would also try and make more of an effort to be on quote best behavior ah. whereas what, what would that what, what, what would that be for you <laughs> well you know just like um, not swearing <laughs> um, not being rude all the time uh, <laughs> now I I think if I were living with a random ride I'd, I'd make more of an effort to like put the trash out on time or make sure that my dishes haven't piled up for sort of months on end and you know th- that sort of stuff it's like to wish he thought I was a randomer <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I I think from my perspective, it's like f- familiarity and being able to um, like I very much am one of those people who likes a debrief when I come home from work and oh nice uh, be able to just vent about what's happened or process what's happened, whether that be work or another situation that I've been in. Um, and I think I would find it difficult if I were living with a random person who I wasn't yet close enough to to be able to have those debriefs and had to be sort of happy and um uh, and positive the whole time to try and make them be my friend rather than um accept that they're gonna be there and be my friend whatever whether i come home moody or not okay so you can sort of be more candid with each other than you probably would if it was a stranger yeah okay this so far that i think this has all just been a preamble getting to the good bit which is let i'd like to talk about conflict and how, how what leads to conflicts between you guys and how you resolve them so what what would you say has been like the biggest conflict you guys have had in the sort of two or so so years that you've been living together (laughs) um i'm trying to categorize our conflicts (laughs) (laughs) there's too many to count too many (laughs) i'm trying to put them into boxes uh yeah yeah well i think the most common the most frequent would be tidying the house and cleaning the house would you say yeah probably yeah probably the most frequent maybe once a week or once every two weeks yeah but it's never really conflict it's just me moaning a bit yeah it's more like ali the bin has to go out today be like and then i forget to take it out and then i get passive aggressive message being like thanks for taking the bin out (laughs) (laughs) upside down smiley face yeah (laughs) 
Yeah. Okay, so I mean, if this is if this is a recurring thing, I mean, is it always that sort of one directional where it's like Ali didn't do this thing that he was supposed to do, and therefore Molly, you kind of you know are a bit annoyed about that, or is, is there any like high measure annoyance that Molly causes you, Ali? Uh, no, there's almost no high measure annoyance that Molly causes me. That's why I'm, I'm curious about this discussion because I feel like a, like like even just kind of personality wise, I am like I care a lot less about everything than Molly does, and so there's there are bound to be issues that she's gonna have with me, whereas I wouldn't have those issues with anyone like let, let alone with molly right yeah 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 so wait why don't i mean if this uh if this like rubbish and bin situation has been going on for two years why don't you just like take the bins out on time um as in it's one of those things whereby the <laughs> when the bin piles up it only becomes a problem when the bill when, when the bill bin piles up to a critical mass uh okay and the problem is like when the bin piles up to a critical mass at that point it requires me to sort of get the bin out of the thing close the bin go downstairs in the cold put it out in in the cold you and if it just so happens that i'm I'm home from work at like 10 p.m., 11 p.m. on those few nights where the bin is smelling. That becomes problematic because I can't be bothered to go downstairs and spend the three minutes in the cold that it would take to put the bin out. Less than three minutes. Uh, so I, th- I think, like, uh, for, from my perspective, I can't imagine it's that big. It's it's big enough of a deal for me to sort of actively put the effort into doing every single sort of week on the ball. Molly, what do you think of that? <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, as I said, it's never really been an actual conflict, uh, keeping the house clean. And the thing is, neither of us are that tidy, ultimately. I'm not really a neat freak in any way, and my room still needs things putting away that were in a box when I moved in and I haven't taken them out of it. So I can't say that I'm this really tidy, perfect person, but um, when I do leave for the weekend, and if I don't text Ali with 24 hours notice saying I'm coming back, then I do return to a pigsty (laughs) (laughs) so I've learned that I either send him a text 24 hours in advance to say that I'm coming home and it will be tidy because he does do it when I tell him Um, or I don't send him a text and then I enjoy telling him off when I arrive (laughs) home Okay, so that, yeah, that that's actually really interesting and something I'd like to talk about. I feel like, okay, so I, I think I'm pretty similar to Ali in that I really don't care about almost everything. Like, it, my, my tolerance for what will get on my nerves is extremely high. And so I, I, I can't really ever relate to being particularly annoyed by anyone or anything or getting angry at anyone or anything. And I've always suspected that deep down, getting annoyed and getting angry is something you do because it actually feels really good. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I have... With my boyfriend Jake, for instance, I have we have a saying where it's you'd rather be annoyed than solve the problem, essentially. And so ah, nice. I definitely do that, and that's something he's always picked up with me. Is that often there'll be something that I will enjoy being annoyed about more than if it were not there in the first place. <laughs> how how do you feel about that? What me? Yeah, like the, this this sort of st- like is it something you want to change or like are you happy? Just just like get, getting annoyed for the for the fun of it um yeah yeah no i mean it's it's generally little things like if someone were to i'm trying to think of an example of it but it is that kind of thing of will it be more fun if i just come home and the place is a complete tip and then i've got something to rage about for a day and um 
And sometimes it's better to do that than to have messaged. Also, there's the difference of if I hadn't, if I had texted and said, I'm coming home, and then it was still a pigsty, that would be that would be more <laughs> annoying. So maybe it's better just not to and to turn up and see what's happened. But I'll always get a text from Ali that's just movements question mark. And that's his, his <laughs> that's always his question of when are you coming home and when do I need to tidy? <laughs> but he always just oh, phrases okay. it with, one word and I know what he's really asking I mean I've, I've I've stolen that movement's question mark from your boyfriend Jake really this is how he, he and I used to text one another when we were trying to wrangle who, like how to arrange squash matches together oh yeah <laughs> fine so it's, it's it's actually his phrasing but <laughs> <laughs> how do you guys feel about the fact that Molly has to tell you Ali to for example take the trash out and I, I guess this is related to the subject of emotional labor which we've kind of talked about uh, on the podcast briefly before and, and once again we'll like link to this amazing forum thread uh, of a bunch of people discussing this idea of emotional labor where one person is clearly doing more emotional work in sort of the relationship to, you know to manage kind of the logistics of living together and things like that how yeah how, how do you guys feel about the fact that it, it seems like molly's doing more of that than you ali i take your point about emotional labor um again coming back to the trash thing i don't think it's that deep really <laughs> no that's the thing i don't think i i think that's the most frequent conflict but it isn't really an issue yeah it's like it's it's such like oh, a, okay it's such, it's 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 such a minor thing. It doesn't quite fit into the sort of the emotional okay, labor sure. sort of bread. Okay, so let, let's 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 crank it up a notch, Molly. What's like the next category of conflict that's a bit more serious than uh, not taking the trash out? I think what Molly is struggling with here is this balance. Given that this is pretty much like the first time you've been on like a podcast or equivalent of balancing how candid you want to be versus sort of doing it in a politically correct way that doesn't make me come across too bad, but also doesn't make you come across too bad, uh, and and like all these various factors so i'll just say you know just be as candid as you like i really don't give a toss <laughs> it's, it's 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 all good <laughs> fine well <laughs> <laughs> now you say that <laughs> um the thing we've had the proper arguments out is about uh, essentially about ali's public persona and the fact that he obviously has a big following whereas oh, i really? <laughs> not on appendix his new <laughs> youtube channel <laughs> In case you needed any more plugs. Um, he obviously has this big following which has developed since we've been friends and particularly in the last couple of years. So we were living together before that was something that you even had to think about. Whereas now, um, because there's just two of us living here, it's more difficult for me to remain as private as I would like to be whilst he's still putting everything out there and putting his public life out there. Um, so occasionally we have got into difficulty with him putting something out there about me or a photo that I didn't want uh, to be published or all of those different things where I haven't wanted that to be said about me or posted about me and he obviously has a different idea of what is okay to put in the public realm. Ah okay interesting so how so when when something like that happens how does it make you feel Molly and then how do you how do you guys kind of have the have the talk the the discussion about it? Well I guess it depends how bad I've decided it is but <laughs> and, and sorry are we now are we now in a category of like seriousness where it's no longer fun to get annoyed at him for this thing and you'd, ac you'd actually rather he didn't do it yeah exactly <laughs> okay got it got it is it a different level of conflict but I I how does it 
make me feel I would say again that depends on what it is that's been put out there um but I guess for me there's the issues of embarrassment or uh, fear of, of repercussions of something being out there where I know Ali constantly tells me and everyone else that we should not care about what's put out there and all of this but for me I still have that fear and you know even doing this podcast is a big step <laughs> in that process um so that that's the initial reaction I guess and then the other side of it is um the worry that because as we've said already our friendship is different to lots of my other friends and I often will do that thing where I come home and debrief about whatever it is I've been doing or work or xyz um and so i share a lot with ali that i wouldn't share necessarily with other people just because i'm not with them at those times when i'm needing to talk about things and so i guess the thing that it that worries me when something like that happens is that that part of our friendship where i'm able to talk to him really freely about stuff and i really value his advice and his help when i can debrief i worry that if he puts things out in the public realm that i've been saying in the end that will make me stop telling him things and stop us having that closer friendship as we do now. <laughs> Ali, thoughts? I mean, yeah, yeah, I fully agree. Uh, they, I don't really have a leg to stand on here, <laughs> uh, ironically. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> nice, that was good. See, th- that's funny because Molly is disabled. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine to say because you make it obvious that you do wheelchair racing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I no. am perfectly happy for people to know that. Fantastic, yeah. And I... the leg to stand on joke is, is constantly used about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I actually don't have a leg to stand on. I fully, I fully agree with everything that Molly's saying. Uh, I think uh, one thing that Molly has changed since kind of we've been exclusively living together is that you've become more comfortable with putting yourself out there mm-hmm. and that I think if we had, had we not been living together you wouldn't have started the website blog type thing Mm-mm. you certainly wouldn't be wouldn't be going on a podcast um you wouldn't be considering kind of making videos on YouTube showing people how to do communication skills in medicine yeah all this all this sort of stuff still haven't agreed to that <laughs> 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 and, I, and I think overall, because of my influence, you do care less what the world thinks of you. But obviously, that's a, a work in progress. And I fully accept that different people have different um, levels of comfort with putting themselves out there for various reasons. And before I used to, uh, I would sort of just assume that your mindset was just similar to my own. You know, mm. the, if, if the question would be, w- would Molly be okay with me posting this screenshot of our text message conversation? I would kind of think, would I be okay with the screenshot of the text message conversation? And the answer is yes, because it's funny. Uh, and that would just be that. I wouldn't think that you might have a different stance on it because you'd be worried about how you'd, how you'd come across or sort of second and third order effects of that particular message mm-hmm. and all these various kind of overthinking bits which you're more prone to do than I am, I think. But yeah, I realise now that I should probably ask your, your consent before kind of <laughs> posting about you on the internet. Yeah, and we've talked these things through with our when you were saying how the conversations have come up discussing those kind of things and I think that Ali understands my point of view now and there hasn't been an issue in at least a few weeks so (laughs) (laughs) at least a few days (laughs) we're on the right track at the moment uh but we'll see i'm still reserving judgment (laughs) okay and so like uh, let's let's go back to like the last issue we don't have to like uh talk about specifics if you guys don't want to but okay molly you just discovered that like ali has said you know mentioned you on the podcast or like posted something about you how do you go about then like bringing this up as a, a topic of discussion with him to kind of resolve it um well initially I would sort of have 
texted him and told him that I wasn't happy for whatever reason. Um, but um, it, again, it depends how annoyed or upset I am by that particular thing. So if it were just something small, then I wouldn't mention it. I would wait till I saw him, have a chat about it, say actually that wasn't okay. And we would talk about it and move on. Um, if it's something I'm, I can only think of two times where I've properly stropped at you feel free to tell me there are more but uh, <laughs> but i i in both of those instances i have e- sort of either removed myself or um texted you to say my thoughts and then done a classic sort of teenage i'm not talking to you until you come and apologize to me <laughs> Which both times actually you've picked up on and then Ali has started the conversation. Okay. Is that is that like a good way to resolve the conflict for you guys? Like does that usually lead to a good outcome for all parties? Or like are there, yeah, basically what are like, what would you say are like the healthy ways that you guys deal with conflict versus the unhealthy ones? So I think one of the healthy ways in which we, we do it is that um, at least f- from my perspective, given that the 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 intention is never malicious, right? So, you know, and, 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 and both of us fully agree with that. So that's, that's just a given. Um, then, then the next one is that, okay, given that the intent is not malicious, it means that there is some level of ignorance here where expectations are, are not matching reality in terms of our mental models of various things. And then it's just a, a case of, of kind of talking and figuring out what each other's, each other's mental models are for these specific situations and then trying to generalize it to create rules uh, that can be applied across the board, um, which sounds very... <laughs> Yeah, but I mean that, that's that's pretty much how we do it. Like I, I I try my best to see it from your perspective, and I appreciate that you make an effort to sort of be like, yeah, I appreciate that from 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 your perspective, this is what it looks like. But here's what I'm thinking. Here's how I'm interpreting the same series of events. Yeah, I, I think we're actually really good at talking things through, and we have a good level of communication. And so when we have had um, problems like that or things that, well, I mean, let's be honest, it's always me annoyed at him rather than him annoyed at me. But um, so when there have been things I've been annoyed about our conversations we're actually really good at talking them through and Ali because of his whole belief in growth mindset and um you know constantly learning from things I think you do tend to take on board what I say and use it as an actual learning point if and I don't think you like upsetting me so if I have been upset by something (laughs) um and I explain why I'm upset by it in a way that makes sense and means that Ali could understand understand why that might have happened and how it might be changed then i think he does try to do, to change that um okay. but this this all makes it sound like i'm constantly annoyed at you whereas actually for the most part we are completely boring and are very happy to be in each other's company <laughs> yeah i think like like over the past sort of year and a half we've had like i can count on one hand the number of occasions we've had where it's sort of there's been a genuine molly actually being annoyed rather than just being annoyed for the for the fun of it <laughs> yeah. type type situation yeah in general we get along really well and don't have any issues which has been really nice okay so you guys have painted quite a nice rosy picture of how you guys handle conflict and how ali ali takes it on board and sees it from your perspective this is funny because because I feel like Ali is completely different at home. So Ali and I have not had, you know, we, a, we just don't spend that much time together these days, so there's not much chance for conflict. But there have 
been a couple of things. Again, conflict is a strong word because again, it's not that deep. But I feel like Ali, you're you're sort of. I I imagine when if Molly comes to you and says, Ali, you've done like, why do you do this thing? I don't like that you did this thing. Your reaction would be like, Oh damn, I've like upset Molly. Um, you know, I feel bad about this. Let's make sure it doesn't happen again. Whereas at home, if for example, I say, Ali, where is the, my piano stuff that you borrowed from me a few days ago? <laughs> then and you know why why didn't you set up my piano again after you borrowed it and took all the stuff? Your immediate response is not, oh no, I've upset Tame. Let's figure out what's going on and see if we can resolve this. Your immediate response is, Tame is wrong. His feelings are invalid. I'm going to now explain to him why I am right and he is wrong. And I feel like it's pretty similar with uh, with Mimi, our mom. Again, like conflicts don't happen a massive amount, but I feel like your gut response at home is more like, uh, it's more like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> Screw your feelings. <laughs> Is that un- is that fair? Uh, no, I don't think that's fair. I think uh, <laughs> no, you're wrong. I- <laughs> <laughs> no, you're wrong. <laughs> uh, so what? Okay, so my 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 interaction with you is different to our interaction with my, my interaction with Mimi. My interaction with you is when you're saying, "Ali, why didn't you put put, put the piano stool up?" <laughs> you know, my response to that is just do it yourself, mate. You know, <laughs> come on. Um, whereas that's just because of the relationship you and I have. I really don't care about your feelings with regards to me putting up the piano stool. If there was something that I I, I actually thought that you genuinely cared about then I would make an effort to not upset you in that regard but given that your psychology is very similar to mine I know that I really wouldn't care if the piano stool was down and the piano wasn't set up I'd just be like oh a little bit annoying let me just set it up myself so that's sort of one side of it it's not that I'm sort of invalidating your feelings it's that I I think your feelings in that context are (laughs) (laughs) non-existent wow Okay, but okay, yeah, I, I I take that on board. Um, you're right once again. <laughs> um, but I I do think the way you respond to these things is different at home with the family versus like with Molly or with your friends. Sure. Come on, you yeah, get, no, yeah, it's I a agree. bit different, right? Um, I've been thinking about this a lot, and I su- I suspect the reason for this is because when I'm at home, sort of, I revert back to kind of who 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 I was growing up. I you know when you're a teenager growing up in a house where pretty much everything is done for you, you don't really have to have to do much. Whereas yeah, and so, so I think the emotional labor thing definitely comes into in, into force much more at home. Whereby if the dishes are piled up, it just wouldn't really occur to me by default that I should I should wash them up because it's it's just not something that I've I've done very I've it's it's not an experience I've had very often in that context. Whereas if I'm on a group holiday with friends who are all from school or from university, I would feel this strong sense of responsibility to sort of pitch in and kind of do my bit. Whereas that's not really the environment that we grew up in, whereby we we had to quote do our bit because you know our mom was pretty good at just kind of getting stuff done. Uh, that's something I have to actively put effort into doing, which is why it feels more effortful for me and therefore happens less often because it's not a default. It's not a default mental model. Yeah, that makes sense. I think I have a similar experience where like, yeah, I think uh, we did we did bits. Uh, for some reason growing up, there were, yeah, we never really did, the, like we, we helped in, in lots of ways, but we, A, it was always me, me kind of doing the emotional labor and taking the responsibility to say what needed to be done. And for some reason um, you know, this was very nice of her. Some things she just like never really asked us to do like the dishes for example and so i have had to sort of yeah really make a conscious effort to take responsibility um at home in the same way that i would if i was you know living by myself or with friends or whatever and get out of this like 13 year old kid living with his parents kind of mode of thinking you know yeah no that makes perfect sense that's now what i think about as sort of trying to actively think about but for me it's still like an active process given i go home once a fortnight whereas you are living at home uh sorry to break the news to everyone (laughs) (laughs) 
What Molly, how how are you sort of with your family at home versus kind of with your friends when you're living alone? Um, I guess with my I get on really well with my family and don't often have arguments with them. Um, but I guess when we do, they're more like a sort of shouting match kind of argument. <laughs> Whereas I've never had that with friends in general. Um, so if we were annoyed at each other, we would shout it out probably. Um, and I, I can get very, very annoyed at my family, whereas I've never really felt that way living with you. So so I feel there's, there's lots of interesting sort of elements at play here. I, I, I suspect one of them is, the, is, is these sort of white family versus Asian family, Asian family dynamic, whereby it would, for, for most Asian families, it would be completely absurd for the kid to shout at the parent. It's mm. just not even on the radar. That is how absurd it is. Whereas most of my white friends, including you, I imagine, mm. would sort of very regularly shout, shout at your parents if you're annoyed. Yeah, I mean... I, <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Growing up, if it, we, we, there are so, so many funny stories we have of huge arguments that happened um, in our family. Um, you know, like people's glasses being thrown on the floor and stamped on. and um, Wow. Potatoes that, being thrown across the dinner table. Uh, yeah, loads of different arguments. Um, and there would be a lot of shouting normally. Uh, but that's become a lot less since we've obviously all grown up. We don't go home for a family meetup and then end up screaming at each other across the table. But um, if I do move home, um, so recently I moved home for a while because I broke my arm and uh, I probably had one or two big arguments with my family. Um, and they are less sort of shouty than they used to be, but it very much is is very heightened emotions. And you know, one of us will go off crying. Normally, me. Um, <laughs> And I, I'm sorry for laughing. <laughs> but we, I just, it wouldn't even occur to me to have that with a friend. Um, why is why is that? Why 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 are your responses different with your friends versus your family? Um, I don't know. Well, I guess with family, you have that inherent. You should sort of know that they're going to be there, whatever happens. So even if you have a massive fallout, it's fine. And the next day, you'll just go back to normal after you've apologised. But but I would think that even if we were to have a big shouting match, Ali and I, I don't think we would just not be friends the next day yeah, so uh, but also i'm never going to shout at you that it's doesn't just, really it's, it's just yeah not a, it it's just, just not a thing <laughs> i don't know it's it i guess it's just the dynamic you grow up in at home and and i guess because there's that thing of you know your relationship with your parents is is still one of the parents can sort of tell you what to do and they have control over you whereas that element isn't there with a friendship so ah. that's often the the source for mm. me when I have an argument with family it's often um, to do with lack of control or them trying to tell me what to do or giving me an opinion on something I didn't want an opinion on um, whereas you just don't have that dynamic with friends because they're not going to tell you how to live your life in the same way that your family would well I don't know about that but <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's pretty interesting. How do you feel that living together has kind of changed your sort of personalities and kind of the way you guys think about things? I mean, we sort of touched on this when you were talking about how it seems like Molly is now a bit more happy to sort of put herself out there in terms of like being online and things like that because of Ali, your, your sort of influence, hashtag influencer uh, in, in that area. But yeah, are there any other kinds of ways in which you've sort of learned from each other or kind of changed as a result from uh, as, as a result of spending so much time together? 
So I have lots of answers to this, but I want to hear Ali's first. Oh, damn, I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm intrigued by whether I've changed anything about him. Okay, so one of the main things that I've got from, from Molly is appreciating sort of in, in very close proximity another way of thinking. Uh, for some reason, our Alexa just got activated by me saying that. I'm not sure why. Anyway, um, just like appreciating another way of thinking. So uh, obviously the, the only minds that we can really experience are our own. And I think when you're in, in such close proximity with other people to the point where you sort of, you're, you're getting on their nerves, it helps you realize that, oh, wow, this is how this person thinks about, about certain things. Um, that manifests as way, for, for example, when it comes to, as you, you know, if you're, if you're like venting about something, uh, my default uh, sort of mode previously to recently would have been to go into advice giving mode or into problem solving mode. Whereas often now what I find actually works, works, works very valid, well is just kind of validating the feelings uh, insofar as I have the patience for it. And then going into advice giving mode secondarily. And I was talking to a few, few people at work about this and they were saying that, yeah, of course, this is how you kind of talk to women, <laughs> lol. Uh, and I'd seen that just like caricatured on things like Modern Family and stuff, but I hadn't before quite appreciated just how valid it is that, you know, if someone's complaining, just like let them. <laughs> I think also as well for me, I, I, I feel like overall my social skills have improved as a result of living with you because your social skills like overall is very good. Um, and the other day, for example, we were having a chat with like our random neighbor who lives, well, who lives across the, <laughs> our random neighbor who lives next door. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> when so he was he was talking about how he's just about to move into a new house and it was all like congratulations and he was like oh is molly around i was like oh yeah molly come over and and then you like really held that conversation really well um and sort of while you were having the conversation i was thinking oh damn i wouldn't have thought to say that in this in this situation in response to that i would have said something else instead but i see how your way of doing it actually kind of made both parties laugh actually made the conversation more open and pleasant um and all these i just added more positive vibes uh and that's one thing that i really admire about you that when you talk to people often both parties sort of have a smile on their face throughout like the whole conversation um you know at least until um, until you start crying so <laughs> <laughs> well that's very nice isn't it yeah Molly, how, so how, how does that make you feel <laughs> Um, so from my perspective, I think Ali's had a big impact on me and the way I think. I don't think I've had like a paradigm shift in who I am because I still um, am very much still someone who is emotional at the heart of everything. And um, I'm sort of driven by my emotions, whether that be through um, fear or worry about something or whether it's happiness or enjoyment. Um, what I do tends to be based on that and uh and often I'll I'll sort of overanalyze things that have happened or um over worry about things. So I still am that same person I would say, but I do think that knowing Ali and having lived with him has meant that I have changed some of those um some of my perspectives. So things like um the whole growth mindset idea would never have been something I would have come across had I not known him. And so, you know, I'm not someone who reads anything about productivity or any of the books that he says changes life I will never read <laughs> but <laughs> I get some snippets of what he's clearly putting out to his followers if I were to watch his videos he you know <laughs> he'll bring those up or as he says when he does switch to advice giving mode um if I am 
debriefing about something then there are bits that I've picked up along the way and I definitely do think um things like not caring as much about what people think about you and taking mistakes as a learning opportunity rather than um you know stressing about them and being so upset by them those kinds of things I've definitely not as I said have had a paradigm shift but I've changed my thinking to some extent with those um so I do think those have been have been useful um um, but I don't think I wouldn't say my personality fundamentally has changed. Sure. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, just to, I think that's a nice note to start wrapping things up on. Is there anything? Are there any facets of your sort of roommate relationship that we haven't touched on, or anything you'd just like to get out there while you know the three of us are having this discussion before we end? So one thing I'm curious about. Um, at one point you uh, at one point you said that when you talk to your family, off like occasionally you bring me up in conversation as as a sort of oh guess what Ali did that was that was so stupid. Lol, blah, 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 you know that that sort of thing. That's kind of like a funny anecdote. Whereas I don't really ever do that about you. Um, I'm I'm curious as to what sort of stuff you think about the way that I live makes for a funny anecdote when you're sharing it with family or friends. Be like, oh, ha, huh, my house, my alley. This, my house, my alley. Um. Well, I think your your lifestyle is unusual and interesting for lots of people, and so I find that because I have such a you know I've got such an insight into how you do live your life and the backstage reality of um of the public persona that is Ali Abdal people are inherently intrigued by that whether they're sort of friends who don't personally know you um who hear about these these funny stories I guess it's I guess it's because it's an unusual and unique story to be telling someone and you are different to anyone I have ever met and probably ever will meet in my life and so because you're Yeah, but you are because you're so unusual in the fact that you are like it's not very often that you you know a true entrepreneur at the beginning of their sort of story and all right let's let's steady on all yeah right. I know but his his like table thinking I'm the true entrepreneur yeah. here I've just raised money for my startup check me out I'm in Hawaii and then I'm going to Japan. <laughs> Tame is also entrepreneurial. But that's the thing. Nobody else, none of my other friends are like that. Um, and Okay, so what's, for example, what's like an example of, of a funny story that would so that would paint me in, in like a negative light? I want, I want to hear like the juice in that regard. I get enough compliments from the fans as, as it is. <laughs> yeah, see, this is where I don't know what you're happy with being shared. <laughs> everything. He's happy with I, everything. I'm literally, I'm literally happy with, with, with everything. Um, yeah. Um, um, so, for instance, Just don't I talk would... about anything haram. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna... Fine. Um, so, <laughs> we'll like, revise that story. Yeah. And the other one. And the Next other one. story. Yeah. Um, so, things like when we were in Singapore and Bali, and we went on a group trip um, to a conference in Singapore with a load of medics, and then we went on a holiday in Bali after that. And Ali had brought his drone along um, and was very excited about vlogging it not that he's ever edited the images from two years ago now it's two years ago now yeah great yeah um (laughs) so he brought along this drone and was very excited to be using it getting out at any opportunity and Uh, the drone the drone exactly (laughs) (laughs) you said nothing wrong yeah Yeah. um so (laughs) 
Um, and there was one particular time where he was flying the drone above the conference center and there were two skyscrapers, one taller than the other. And as the drone went above the first skyscraper, um, the wind from above that hit it at such a speed that it just pelted the drone straight into the other skyscraper. Um, which obviously there was a huge bang, it fell down and there were a lot of confused people around. Um, and that kind of thing, I just don't know anyone who does ridiculous things like that. Um, and the very fact that normally if someone had, had flown their really expensive drone into a building, there would be some kind of horrified reaction from them and they would panic, they would think, oh my goodness, I'm going to get in trouble for this or I've just ruined my really expensive drone. But Ali's only reaction was I really hope that filmed and <laughs> and then he was hell-bent on us all trying to find the camera part of the drone in order to make sure that the memory card was in there and that he had the footage from that moment because he thought it would make good viewing so that is the kind of story that I would tell people which okay and that's actually not too bad at all <laughs> no so it's yeah. it's just things where you have a completely different reaction to someone else okay fair enough and my parents slash friends would just find that funny or but it obviously paints you in a slightly irresponsible and cavalier strange. yeah <laughs> exactly so. some, some might say um rebellious avant-garde original so you went to some like food blogger meetup like last week and someone was like and 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 you said that s someone told you that oh your housemate's really kooky and i was like what does kooky mean apparently kooky means like weird and bizarre in like a negative sort of way I was like, oh, that's interesting. Mm. I would say it's in an interesting way, but... Okay, well, I don't know what kooky means. I'll have to open a dictionary after this. Yeah, no, I think that's the thing. People are just interested in this sort of hidden life of someone who has a public persona. So I probably tell stories about you more than you would tell stories about me because one, you do more ridiculous things than me, but two, they get an interested reaction from those around me. And it's just a good topic of conversation to, as you said, make everyone in the room smile. <laughs> oh well that's a lovely note to end on isn't it um thank you guys for having this therapy session uh with me as a bit of housekeeping uh we said we'd read out a review every week i think we actually have a pretty pretty good review to read out this week this review was left by x hafey uh from malaysia uh the review is titled entitled slow down uh it's a two-star review and the comment is whoa whoa slow down the other person talking too fast i can't even understand what he's saying the other guy okay Okay. So I'm not sure which of us is the other person and which is the other guy. But yeah, maybe we should. I, I think we do kind of talk fast. So maybe we should uh, maybe we should slow down a little bit. Yeah. So this is something I've actually been thinking about quite a lot because I, I always listen to podcasts at like between 1.7 to 2.5 times the normal speed. Unless the conversation is so sort of like high, like it, it requires me to think very, very hard about what they're saying to keep up with the conversation. And also when, yeah. I'm, when I'm making the YouTube videos, I was looking back on some of my old ones from like a year or 18 months ago and i was speaking so fast and like like even now i still speak very fast in the videos because i just think that i i i i think i have this internal thing that what i have to say isn't valuable and therefore i want to get it out as soon as possible and it's only stop, when stop wasting everyone's time yeah, yeah. exactly um <laughs> i don't know this is something i really do need to need to think about far more to actively make an effort to slow down because like the the rate that i'm speaking at now sounds painfully slow to my ears i can't imagine why anyone would want to hear me talking at this sort of pace and yet i suspect <laughs> that this sort of pace is fairly normal to or the any pace. Of people he does talk quickly. yeah i know what you mean <laughs> 
So yeah, we'll make more, we'll make more of an effort to uh, slow down. Can people play Molly, things more slowly? If you speed things up, can people play them at half speed? They can. Often they so, some of the top comments on my like iPad videos are, lol, I played this at 0.75x speed and it sounds normal and that will get like 300 upwards. There you go. No yeah. need to change. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just be yourself. We should do a podcast on the phrase just be yourself. <laughs> yeah, we definitely do that. Uh, we usually end on an insight of the week. Molly, do you have any insights uh, or funny things you came across this week that you'd like to share? Okay, so what are you thinking about that i've got an insight uh it's not really funny it's more of an insight uh i was i was watching a charisma on command youtube video which was about something something about how to how to how to give compliments better or how to be more likable you know just sort of that genre of stuff um one of the things that they were talking about is that often when you're complimenting someone it makes them feel incredibly uncomfortable to hear that because they don't really know how to respond because they can't because uh, especially because people are generally just very bad at taking compliments like the gracious way to respond to a compliment to be oh thank you that's very kind or, or equivalent whereas people will often make an effort to sort of uh, sort of self-deprecate themselves and th- themselves and so on and what this what this guy suggested is that it, that the the most like charismatic celebrities the ones that are the most likable do the compliment thing very well but then they sort of turn it into a joke at the end of it which which gives the other person like an outlet to kind of laugh um and so and i so i i don't know if you noticed i actively did this when i was complimenting molly's social skills and how she makes everyone smile because i was thinking that okay i'm laying it on a bit a bit too thick now and then i just made a throwaway comment at the end you know until she starts crying and that just sort of released the tension a little uh, bit and both of you yeah, kind of laugh yeah, even yeah. though it's that, not objectively that, that funny weird. it just releases the tension a little bit um, and mm. so that's something I'm starting to play with more actively like thinking about complimenting people more but then turning it into sort of a joke at the end rather than just not yeah. complimenting at all because it feels uncomfortable yeah yeah. I, I think I use I used a similar tactic in my best man speech a couple of weeks ago where obviously like, you're meant to kind of roast the be- uh, roast the groom uh, while also kind of saying nice things about them and so I, I think in a couple of places I sort of said some nice things and then kind of turned it into a bit of a, a roast uh, so I think that yeah I, I totally back that as a tactic I still don't have any insights <laughs> <laughs> alright that's that's a great note to end on thank you for listening everyone and we will definitely see you next week because we will be recording a podcast bye thanks for listening we'll see you next week bye 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 alright cool I think we should have I think we should have a post post script yes a Molly post, how did that go for you podcast retrospective wait is this being put out yes yeah but the idea is that we're, at Probably. this point we act as if the microphone is not on and therefore we talk yeah. more candidly I felt that our conversation th- was quite it was it was it was too nice I thought yeah yeah were you holding anything back either of you it didn't seem like you were I just it don't see nice how nice. anyone's going to be interested in this <laughs> mate trust me I feel the same way <laughs> I don't know maybe I haven't listened to enough podcasts maybe this is what they're all about it's it's a very low bar it turns out <laughs> I thought the remote thing was annoying. Um, Yeah, I think we kind of talked over each other a little bit uh, at various points. Yeah, and with the remote thing as well, it's it, because there is this like 0.7 second delay, it means that in a way you, you're asking a question and then we are responding to the question. And then you're asking a question, we're responding to it. It feels like less of a free flowy conversation. And I think yeah, that's exactly. exacerbated by the fact that we've got three of us rather than just two people kind of talking. Yeah, yeah. Th- this format is a bit more of like me asking questions. But yeah, hopefully next week it'll be a bit more natural. So, Molly, uh, were you scared about putting yourself out there and stuff? Like, you're glad you did this presumably. I don't know. I'm already thinking of all the things I wish I hadn't said. <laughs> ah, like what? Like what? <laughs> I'm not going to say them now, am I? Why not? <laughs> You've already said them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. I'm thinking of all the things I'm going to make Ali edit out after this. <laughs> Wait, we're, we're oh, not editing anything out of this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like, I'm not bothered to edit this, this podcast. <laughs> we shall see. <laughs>
so it's difficult with a with a conversation like so i think tame and i found this as well when we were recording our podcast while instagram live streaming it it automatically puts you into more of a sort of performance mode and i found that when i'm live streaming um i start talking more like this and this is how ali is when he's in in sort of more of a narrative style of speech whereas this would be more the style of speech where i would talk as if we're just having a casual conversation Mm. um and i felt that when we were giving our answers it, it felt as if we were giving a public speech sitting on stage yeah rather uh, yeah. R- rather than a candid conversation between friends yeah well i think if tame had been in the room and nobody had been recording we would have had a very different conversation different conversation to what we've just had yeah so why a very that? a very different conversation <laughs> hopefully not too different why why very i think it would be quite different okay. i think there'd be a lot more uh more banter banter exactly i mean yeah, i was, if I was I were in the room, quite hot that's typically the case put some banter into there for the record <laughs> <laughs> and i thought you know you were doing a pretty reasonable job as well occasionally but it is difficult if you're all not in the same room because yeah yeah so like for, for example what sort of stuff would you have brought up if we'd just been having this conversation in private not yeah, on but a podcast i'm recording? obviously not going to bring this up if you're recording it yeah but why not <laughs> because i don't want to okay all right we can talk about that afterwards <laughs> <laughs> This is where Tame starts mediating. <laughs> that's, an, that's another phrase I think, I think, I think we should examine. You, you know, this uh, sort of eventually, it's sort of like in physiology or, or, or when you're learning any kind of subject in school, you can keep on asking why and eventually the answer is because it just is. Because at that point you are so deep in the woods that it actually doesn't matter. You don't need to know that piece of information. And yeah, I find that often, uh, occasionally in conversations with you, it gets to the point of because I don't want to quite quickly. Mm. Um, and I accept that mm. given that, you know, we're being recorded, you're, that point is going to come a lot sooner um but even even in everyday conversation i'm less badgering for finding your reasons for things than i would be with most of my male friends um because you get to the because i just don't want to thing and that is sort of puts a puts a stop on the conversation because like okay well why don't you want to i just don't want to <laughs> hey where was all of this when we were recording the yeah <laughs> But no, I know, I know what you mean, Ali. I've kind of found that like lots of different people have different thresholds for this. Like with you, for example, I know, I know that like between the two of us, it is not fair game for either of us to at, at any point hit the I don't want to. Like yeah. it would be unreasonable for either <laughs> of us to do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas with I think other people, uh, yeah, th- th- there's different like thresholds. Yeah, and like I, I don't examine why I'm thinking or feeling certain things in any way as much detail as you would, and you cross examine what I'm thinking so much more than I would ever have thought of myself or more than anyone would ask me. Normally people, as you said, would just accept that I was feeling a certain way. But there's pros and cons to doing that because Wait, so, you, so you're not you're not being cagey. You just truly don't know why you like, you know, yeah, you, so, you actually don't have an answer. Yeah, a lot of the time I don't know why I might think something or not want to do something. And I probably get to the because I don't want to more quickly because I've never thought about it before maybe if i sat down for 10 minutes and properly examined everything i would find a real reason but in the quick cross-examination from ali i'm not going to come up with a reason that is going to satisfy him because he wants to have a really real and understandable reason for everything having happened and every feeling whereas i can't give that unless i have really thought about it and gone into it oh i don't know um i think that a lot of i think that a lot of the subtext underneath the phrase i just don't want to is something to do with the ego something to do with fear and something to do with not wanting to look bad and i suspect that is what's really lying beneath the thing of i just don't want to like i've, I've had conversations with, with other people where i've been like okay w- would you want to be on on a youtube video 
yeah, no, why not? Oh, because, uh, you know, I'm just I'm just not comfortable with it. Okay, why not? Oh, because I just don't want to. Uh, it, it, it gets to that very quickly. Whereas what they're really saying is I'm scared, but I don't want to I don't want to say that out loud or I can't admit that to myself or my ego is too fragile for that, which are all things that we don't really want to want to admit to ourselves unless we sort of feel so dissociated from that that we're happy to, to do so. Yeah, and also, but also because when you're talking to someone like you where that's not, being on a YouTube video is not something you're legitimately allowed to be scared of in your world Correct. and in yeah. your worldview. Yeah. If I cite that as a reason, you will then seek a further reason for why that fear is there. Whereas for another person, they also understand that, yes, I am for whatever reason scared of being on YouTube because that's their worldview. Whereas for you, because it's so not something you're allowed to be scared of. Yeah, it's so in the inside the box. You therefore the box. want to dissect why that person is having that fear. Yeah, I suppose. I think another another element of it is kind of how you approach it. So I, like, I think, you know, with, with some of my friends and, you know, obviously with you, Ali, I can be like pretty direct about everything and basically like interrogate you down the rabbit hole. And I know you won't ever, you won't ever leave me with the I don't want to kind of response. Um, but I found that with some people, the kind of direct, again, I'm, I'm using interrogate, interrogate in almost in a slightly joking way, because it's obviously not an interrogation, but like directly questioning them about their motives and things. I think the other person often feels like attacked and like to feels like too closely examined and then they kind of almost shut off a little bit because it becomes a bit of a dynamic of like oh like tame is trying to convince me oh you know tame is trying to prove me wrong about this thing and i don't want to like admit i'm wrong or something or like uh, yeah it's it's like too it's it's it can feel like too direct and so like a softer approach where like you know you're getting at the same thing you're just not asking the question quite so directly people are generally much happier with did you catch all of that uh, there was a little bit that went, but I think we we, we got the gist. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. I don't often sort of cross-examine people sort of in an interrogation fashion unless I know they can take it. Um, and one line that I've taken from you, which I think is quite good, is that, okay, so there's, you know, clearly some level of, uh, s s there's clearly some level where we where, where we disagree here and let's just kind of find out where that is. Um, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a good I've, one. That's I've heard you use that line quite often and now I, I use that if I'm taking a slightly more gentle approach to interrogation. Mm. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> cool. Good stuff, guys. I've enjoyed this. Yeah. Stop recording now. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Molly is staying, staying silent as the grave. <laughs> I've said too much. <laughs> All right. Uh, see you later. Have fun in Hawaii. See you next week. Bye. Bye.